0: Welcome into episode two of Respect the Process. I'm Kelly Hunter, alongside Chris Stewart. We came back for a second week,
1: despite the loss.
0: Despite everything else, the yeah. world kept turning, and
1: we weren't happy about it. I tried to get it stopped twice, but it wouldn't.
0: I know. Well, that's you know, let's let's talk about that for a second because Alabama has lost before. Sure. What's different about this loss, or what feels different yeah, about this loss?
1: A couple of things is the fact that it's one and one, I think, for the first time with Nick Saban as the head coach. Yeah. It's the earliest loss, but again, it's maybe the best team you've played this early. Um, there were some big marquee games, the the start of the season, kickoff classics, yeah. or whatever the name was for that particular ball game. But um, First time to lose one.
0: Yeah.
1: In in this this early. I think you know, if you say something enough times, eventually you're gonna be right. Right. And people are saying again, oh the dynasty's dead, look how long it's been since you've won a national championship, now you're losing in week two. Let me be real clear, we're gonna spend a lot of time today talking about it. But Texas is good. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. They may be national championship good. Right. They also could lose probably at any point. In the, I don't even know who they've got on the schedule next, mm-hmm. okay, just to be honest. But they could also lose at some point in the next month. Right. Because you don't know how they're going to handle success. They're talented enough. We knew going in they were talented enough to beat Alabama. They showed that they're talented enough to maybe contend for the whole thing. Are they disciplined enough? Mm-hmm to stay locked in and stay focused so that they can be there at the end of the year. Only time right. is going to tell. So I think a big part of this is short-sightedness in not talking about who Texas is, even though there's a lot of time that we're going to spend right. talking about what Alabama was not on Saturday.
0: Well, and that leads me to the next point of what we saw from Texas. Alabama did not seem to be able to handle... Anything on any level to compete with them. Um, really, once in the second half, like I feel like there was that 15-second change where they scored, we, we we got the ball, Miller threw the interception, yeah. they scored, and next thing you know, it's, right. it's an entirely different ball game.
1: I know what you mean, but I want to go to something you said because you're talking about not competing, and I don't know that that is really accurate. I think this is an example that we all get into of everybody else is compared to Alabama. Mm -hmm. Alabama is compared to Alabama's best of the past. Good point. And so therefore, the mindset is, and I'm just as guilty, Mm -hmm. this is not pointing a finger at you, Alabama was... In that game, Alabama was not as good as Texas. Mm-hmm. You're right. And I know that's really what you meant. No. But Bama led this game as bad as Alabama played right. by Alabama standards. They were ahead after, I mean, heck, they're playing Dixieland alight with 11.15 to go because they're sitting here thinking, okay, we got the lead. Right. Now's the time to really stadium-wise go all in on the momentum. Mm-hmm. And it was there. And then they go through Alabama's defense like a hot knife through butter. Right. And that was disappointing. But all I'm saying is that that is a 10 point loss, mm-hmm. as bad a loss as Alabama's had at home during the Nick Saban era, or very close to it. And yet, Alabama had two touchdowns taken off the board. Right. Eight additional points. Plus, the old Gene Stallings line of four or five plays determine the outcome of the game. I I can give you two to three others easily where Alabama wins this thing by a touchdown and suddenly you're going, boy, they dodged a bullet there. Instead of going, dear Lord, what's wrong? Sky is falling. Right. Never going to win another game again. Forget about championships. Has time passed him by? That is part of what perception is reality. Mm Mm-hmm that's what perception is for Alabama if you're not playing at the level that Alabama has played at in the past.
0: Well, and okay, so you bring up the past real quick, and I just okay. wanna mention, because we've heard, I felt like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we've heard a lot about has Alabama, what, what's its identity? Are they searching right. for their identity?
1: More than a fair question.
0: And then, you know, you start hearing about leadership and within the team, Leadership. Mm-hmm. And there was, I heard Marvin Constant, former Alabama linebacker, say this. He said, Nobody's being critical of them. We just expect you to do the job that you committed to do when you signed that letter of intent. You decided to come to Alabama to kick ass and kill, not sit there and cheerlead and cry after games. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we've heard a lot from former players. Sure. They've been very vocal about this because right. they don't feel like they, that. The defensive linemen, the offensive lineman, really top to bottom, except for special teams, held the line for what they believe is the standard at Alabama.
1: Right, I agree. Here's also part of it, not all of it, but part of it. You're you're absolutely right about leadership, and it is. Biggest overstatement in the world to say that you miss Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Mm -hmm. Of course you do. Yeah. As a player. But where you miss guys like that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is the locker room. And challenging each other. No question. It is the leadership part of it that is so good. And when you have guys that are there three, four, and five years, Mm -hmm. and it's not just a few of them, it's the bulk of a class. That's where real leadership is built because those guys are absolute veterans. Now it's a case where if you're a great player, you're there three years yeah, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to get guys coming in behind you, they may be talented enough, but they may not understand or may not have that leadership gene that the other guy had. Mm-hmm. That was there before them. That's part of what you miss. You and I were talking off air about this a little bit earlier, but in in, uh, years past, and I'm not talking 20 years ago, I'm talking three, four years ago, Jalen Milrow has the type of game that he had. Mm -hmm. As a fan, you sit there and go... Man, I wish we could have those two picks back. But can you believe what he's going to be like his senior year? Mm-hmm. You're looking yeah. at the positives right. from a sophomore quarterback, and you're looking at what you can build off of. Mm-hmm. Now it's a case of it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a sophomore. Where's the next guy? Yeah, that's where the mindset is. You're not you're not even thinking about growth and development two years from now. You're thinking, get him out of there. Who? Where's the next right. one? And. That's just that's where it is. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it shouldn't be that way. I'm just saying that is a major difference. There's no room there's no room for a guy to make a mistake and to grow mm-hmm. like there used to be. Yeah. Part of that's expectation. Part of that is just where we are in the world of college football with transfers, NIL and everything else that constantly has the spotlight on these yeah. kids.
0: Now I heard Coach Saban say that all the problems that they have are fixable. Mm-hmm. And I heard him when you were talking to him in his game show saying, you know, this isn't the final. This is the midterm that right. we're talking about here. Um, do you think that these problems are South Florida fixable? Or are these problems that they are going to be able to fix? Because after South Florida, it is seven straight SEC teams in a
1: row. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you play terrible and barely escape by the skin of your teeth against South Florida, or uh, if you win by 50, Mm-hmm. It's not a case of giving up on the rest of the season or going out and getting sized for SEC championship rings. Mm -hmm. You'll feel a whole lot better going into the Ole Miss game if you can play well against South Florida and you play like you did against MTSU as opposed to how you did against Texas. To be clear, and I know you you understand I'm not trying to say that they're the same team. They're not. But Alabama executed at a pretty high level against MTSU, didn't turn yeah. the ball over. Right. The, the mistakes that were made that resulted in turnovers against Texas mm-hmm. very probably would have been turnovers against MTSU mm-hmm. if they'd been made. Same mistakes made. That's, that's not going to get you to Atlanta Right. the way you played against Texas. Um, this team is better. I think we'll find out. It's The physical stuff. If you're in the right place mentally, is going to get better. They're going to improve on it. That won't be an issue in week ten, as it was in week two. The question is, can you stay locked in? Can you get it fixed quickly enough? Turn the turn the mm-hmm. page with a good performance against South Florida, so you're ready to take on an old Miss team that's going to be really, really dangerous when they come in in two weeks.
0: Well, and you know. Looking at that, not to overlook South Florida, but looking at that Ole Miss game, we know that coaches are going to talk to each other. Sure. Because everybody wants to beat Nick Saban. Yeah. So there's a good chance Kiffin will talk to Sart to yeah. kind of ask around about a few things because Sarkisian laid out a good game plan of how to beat Alabama. Yeah. So do you think in the coming week, this week and following, will we see the personnel change or do you think we will see – the I guess um, the play calling change or the way the coordinators put things out
1: there. I I don't think they're ready to decide that Jalen Milrow not the guy. Yeah. Now they may give some other guys more of a look than they have, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're I don't think they've given up on Jalen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's too talented for right. one. Yeah. And also, while there were clearly mistakes made, I don't know that you've. Seen enough of a change from anybody behind him mm-hmm. to make you think suddenly they're the answer? Right. Do you get a chance? Do you get an opportunity now because of the the loss and because of the mistakes made? Probably, but I think they still believe that Jalen gives them a great opportunity on the upside of things. Yeah. But something you you said about you know Lane talking to to Sark. I think there's clearly on film things that he'll pick up on. Mm -hmm. He may talk to somebody on that staff. He might talk to Sark. Mm -hmm. I would be a little surprised, though, if Sark spends a lot of time or any time helping somebody beat Nick Saban that's not an extremely close friend of his. Because I know how much respect he has for yeah. Coach Saban. He said it, and well, anybody – he salvaged his career. I was going to
0: say, Saban brought him out of a dark place. He, oh, he, my He gosh. was having – he had – more problems than any of us would want to deal no with. No question. And, Saban, and Saban's had a great history of doing that with coaches. And no helping doubt. rehab their image their and, and everything that they need to get back on their feet and back into the game.
1: For all the talk about Nick Saban and how tough he is and the disciplinary and all of which are true, mm-hmm. the guy also, and I've seen it personally, the guy's got a heart of gold
0: mm-hmm.
1: and doesn't like to give up on people, Yeah, doesn't like to throw them away and believes in giving people a chance. Um, And if you're willing to work and there's value to you, Mm -hmm. he's going to give you an opportunity. And Sark had been a part of his staff before, uh, gets let go from the Falcons, but he knew who he was Mm -hmm. and gave him an opportunity. And to Sark's credit, he turned that into... Oh, a heck of a job! I mean, normally, yes, he lost an incredible job at USC, Mm -hmm. but to wind up with Texas,
0: fall backwards into success. I mean, that's
1: that's a a parallel move at worst, right? Exactly. At worst, it's a it's a lateral move. So uh, I I would say it's an upgrade, frankly,
0: for for a while. And no one knows what will eventually drive Coach Saban out of the game, be it his decision, but. For a while, I kind of felt like people thought Dabo Sweeney might be someone that Alabama would express interest in. Do you think Coach Sarkeesian is someone whose name is becoming more popular as who might at some point want to come to Tuscaloosa? Look,
1: if he goes, if he goes 12 and 0 in the regular season, of course, that's the way that mm-hmm. a lot of people will think. Wins a national championship or gets the playoff, it, it's natural. Um, If he goes eight and three, eight and four, you know that changes. It's it's so much of a of what happens. I say the knee jerk reaction, and I know you're just speculating on it, but yes, I do think he could be. I, I definitely think he could be. But the reality is, those guys are all smart enough to know that unless I've got a job. That is less than Alabama mm-hmm. Then I'd be foolish To be the first guy You know they say it all the time You don't want to be the guy oh. that replaces the guy No. You want to replace the guy that replaces the guy Exactly So That's where they all may line up to be One coach removed Not two <laughs> like, coaches removed okay. But not yeah. one removed
0: Uh uh-huh.
1: And look Texas If he wins a national championship Texas is going to yeah, they'll they'll give him a piece of the state that's yes. his. They'll give him land, yep. oil, and everything Whenever else. Exactly. Um, they won't let that guy get away. Yeah. And in, if I'm him, unless something else happens or there's some other circumstance, he'd be foolish to. May be the same thing yeah. with Davo. I'm right. not saying that Clemson historically is what Alabama is and and all of that, but you know, home is home. Right. Dabo can always come home, and he's got access to jets now, so he can do that exactly. anytime. time. Uh, but he has made himself a king in a place where the king is a big deal. Yeah. And Clemson, South Carolina is one of those places.
0: Before we move on okay. from Texas, I had one last question that I was thinking about. You know, Texas had a lot of talent on the field. Some may argue yeah. more talent than Alabama. But when, this day and age, when you follow talent, mm-hmm. There are going to be dollar signs attached to it.
1: Yeah.
0: NIL money. Mm -hmm. Do you think that now with the resurgence, not just Coach Coach Sarkeesian, but with the resurgence of all, are we starting to see NIL affect the game with how much money is going into some of these institutions and what we see on the field?
1: You know, I think it was anyway. Kelly, I think it's now... I think it's now going to be so cyclical, mm-hmm. and they're going to be short cycles.
0: Okay. I yeah. think
1: you could be really, really good this year mm-hmm. with things going well in free agency. Yeah, well, between the, the transfer
0: is. portal and NIL.
1: It's it's free agency, yeah. which means that you could be the national champion this year, and you might be a six-win team the next. Yeah. I mean, I really think you could see more of that. Take place. That may be a stretch to no, say six, but to go yeah. from national yeah. title to eight win, because guys don't stick around. I no. will tell you another thing too. Um, where we're seeing a difference is trickle down effect. In that these guys that were backups mm-hmm. that in the past would have said, oh, "I don't want to sit out a year. I'll just stay and see what happens." You know, two years from now, well. Heck, you don't win the job in the spring. Right, I'm going somewhere right. else where I know I can play immediately. They're going to offer me this amount of money. Right, And it's something Coach Saban talks about is it's being short-sighted mm-hmm. because what the real money could be as opposed to a little bit of money now. Now, it's more than they've seen mm-hmm. for most of them, but it's still not what it could be. That being said, you're 20 years old. You're 19 years old.
0: Short-sighted is you all you see when nothing, you're like,
1: yeah. You got nothing. hmm And suddenly somebody offers you $100,000. Well.
0: Decision made. You know,
1: multi-million sounds great, but 100000 for a family that's struggling to get by. Yeah. And you got everybody in your ear. That's tough to turn down.
0: I know. Tough to it's turn amazing. down. It's
1: tough to see that clearly and understand what the big picture is. Well, it's so be. much of
0: what we've seen from college basketball oh, yeah. moving over because college basketball, as you said, it's so cyclical because kids are only there for, they don't have to be there at all now, but kids are there for two years, then they make the jump, or kids are there for two years and then they transfer. It
1: wasn't, it wasn't seven years ago. It may have just been five or six that um, Phil Savage and I were in the press box at LSU, I think it was after the game, and he asked me about the very thing you said with basketball. Mm-hmm. And I made the statement. I said, this is what it's doing to basketball, and it's coming to football field. Don't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't think it's not coming. And it, Now, it's arrived quicker than I thought, but it's here.
0: Yeah. Okay, we're going to turn our attention to South Florida. Can do. When do you start? Because you're on the call this week. so You're traveling with the team. Right. When do you typically start looking into a team that you're going to call for that week?
1: Well, I've got with me kind of an example. Uh, Tony Britt with uh, Spotter Spotter Charts, LLC. Tony used to be a play-by-play guy, but created an incredible niche where he started building these charts. I heard you mention it last
0: week, and that's why I was, yeah.
1: And I know you can't see this, but just to give you a a widescreen look at what the the chart looks like anybody that's done play-by-play has something. Yeah. Their own formula, their own way of doing it. But Tony's got an incredible staff, and they've got access to so much, and they they do the tedious stuff. Yeah. You know, putting in numbers, height, weight, class, hometown. And then stats in these little small formats that you Is that you broken down by to. position? It or is, okay, yeah, yeah in-depth chart Yeah. more than likely, and it, or it's close to it. And it's also got a small spot with the team schedule and scores and coaching staff and even stats, you know, the team stats, where it's all on one page, where it's so easily accessible because if you – now, there are things that you need to commit to memory. Mm-hmm. There, there are parts of it. You know who the quarterback is, top receivers, running backs, top tacklers. You've got most of those by kickoff. If you're, yeah. <laughs> you better have them committed yeah. to memory uh, or a pretty good frame of reference for who they are. But notes and everything else, you know, after you find them on your board, you can go and reference it's kind of your talking points yeah. about an individual. Um, But, man, if you've got to look to find something, I say this more for basketball than football, but now with the hurry up, no huddle, it's really become football. If you have to spend a lot of time looking for something, it's going to be totally irrelevant because we will have moved on to the next play. Right. So that's why having it condensed and in one spot and available to you is so invaluable. But Tony's built a business. I mean, there are tons of play-by-play guys around the country that utilize this service. And for me, it's invaluable to not have to spend 10, 12 hours at the first part of the week just trying to type in a roster and basic stats info. to already have it here where instead of building it, you're able to actually start studying it. Yeah. And when I'm, you know, I'll be, uh, I've got a different version printed that I've already got on my, really my flip binder. It's yeah. a huge thing. It's not a board. It's a, it's a binder where I can have offense here, defense here, mm-hmm. and then flip one page when there's a change of possession so I can have it there. and Butch Owens can point to everything for me, and he's my eyes, uh, extra set of eyes up in the booth. But to have all of this there is huge. But then I've got kind of a, a smaller version that I'll travel with me so I can study it when I've got a few yeah. minutes and, and read about Byron Brown, the redshirt freshman from Raleigh, North Carolina, who last week was 20 of 34 for 59%, throwing 200 yards and three touchdowns with no picks. Uh, Pretty big, but he also ran it 17 times for a couple of
0: touchdowns as well. Okay, so because I know when I worked in television, I would spell everything phonetically. If I'm reading it on the prompter, I had to spell phonetically. Is this spelled out? The, because I was looking at the one, uh, the one player whose name is Blue Ellie. Yeah. And I called him Blue Eli, and you're like, no, it's Blue. Well, Ellie.
1: it is E E L I, and the only reason I know that is because, thankfully, they've got the spelling there. But right next to it, if it or below it, if it is a uh, different or awkward name, they mm-hmm. will have it in in blue. Yeah. No, no pun intended, but it's accurate. Yeah. In blue, phonetically, you know how you say it, so it's right there. In okay. front, this this crew at, at uh, Spotting Charge does an incredible I'd job, say, and it makes it so much easier for impressive. me. That's impressive.
0: I mean, I remember if anyone ever saw in the closed captioning, uh, back when Auburn had uh, Mamadou Ninja, I would spell it Mamadou Ninja. Yeah. Because from my, to be able to glance at it really quickly, I needed to know exactly how to say it.
1: Why is it that I always hear Jim Fife go, hello, Dakar Cynical, whenever <laughs> I hear that? Exactly.
0: So, but I mean, and, then, and that is uh, I, with the pace, as you said, with the no with the no huddle offense and how quickly the game does move. Yeah. To be able to have something like that, it's and even to be able to, to quick for you, obviously, you know how to quickly look down and, look, and you know what you're looking for. Right. Whereas the rest of that would still look like it was in Chinese for me if I were trying well, to.
1: Well, hey, look, when I first looked down at it, it's the same for me, but yeah. as you. Like everyone the else, the game slows
0: down a little bit for it you, the more calls you've had?
1: Uh, but also, you know, you figure out your system. And so,
0: yeah.
1: you know, you sit as best you can with eyes up. Or really, the fact that you're looking down at the field yeah. from from our perch, this being here in the way that it is, is really helpful.
0: Okay, so now, do you travel with the team? I don't. No? Okay. I do
1: for basketball okay. and usually for baseball. But for, uh, well, I do if it's a flight yeah. for basketball and baseball. But for football... Um, everybody's on the charter. It's full. There are gotcha. a lot of guests that are on there, so we travel on our own. And I've got, you know, for instance, this week um, I'm speaking at a University of Alabama alumni event on Friday night, so I'll go in on Thursday. Yeah, I go in a little bit early to make sure that I'm not late gotcha. for that event. So I get a little, you know, an extra day in Tampa. It's not the worst. That's thing not in the, the world. worst. Yeah, no, I've had worse.
0: Now, do you try? Do you go on the bus with them to the stadium, or no. do you go? No,
1: no, I'll go. Uh, we got parking and pass, and nice. we'll get there ahead of them. You know, okay,
0: along. so. Because we
1: go in the air three hours before, kick. I know. Wow. I don't have that responsibility. Roger Hoover does that, but we have to be there, and I'm already in the locker room waiting when the team arrives yep. so that Coach Saban does not have to wait on me.
0: Well, no. And that was one thing uh, last week, Sports Center did a game day, a really nice piece on Eli Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I hope people took away from it is it's a long day. It's a physically grueling day for you, and I don't think people realize that you do get there three hours early, Yeah, and you don't. And (laughs) you all turn off the lights at the stadium by the time you've done the coaches show and everything else.
1: Back when I did that, you know, I, I used to be the first voice you heard on our network broadcast when this has been 15 years ago. And 10 or 15 years ago. We were doing those replay broadcasts as well mm-hmm. on on cable. So typical home game for me. Tyler and I would come on the air from Baumhauers um, and do the first hour of pregame. Then we would throw it to the stadium. Mm-hmm. We uh, We had guy drive us.
0: I remember this. To <laughs> Todd, Robbins. Loc- yeah.
1: Todd Robbins would would drive us to the stadium, and we had a little downtime until we uh, would sit down in the fo- the old photo deck. Yeah. Before they redid the press box, and we would do the tape delay yep. television mm-hmm. broadcast. We would do the the TV as if it were live, and then it would show on cable, usually CSS or before that the Alabama Cable Network. Um, later on that weekend, usually a Sunday night, first time it would air. The game would end. We'd take the headset off. We would get down the elevator as quickly as we could, and we had a campus policeman that was waiting on us. Yep. These are obviously just for home games. But a campus policeman that was waiting on us outside the elevator in a car. We'd get in the back. He flips the lights and the sirens. C's would part, and he would take us down to university to get to Baumhauer's where we could do the post-game show. And that was kind of cool, just to be honest oh. with you. That was a cool part of the day. But then you're right. We'd get there, and whenever Eli would would finish mm-hmm. uh, wrapping up that part of it, then we would take the phone calls yeah. on the show. And I've, I've given Tyler a, a hard time about this. I said, you got it made. I said, I took the phone calls when you were the quarterback, now you're having to take him with Nick Saban right. as the head coach. It's a whole lot different now. But he did laugh. One day, we were, we'd been there all day, and it was a long, long day. And I threw the last commercial break before we're going to come back and do the last segment. And I said, I know I sound like a wimp asking you this, but are you, are you really worn out on Sunday mm-hmm. after we've done this? And Tyler goes, I'm so glad you said it. He goes, I feel, <laughs> he goes, I feel awful. He goes, I'm dang near as sore on Sundays as I was when we played. Okay, he said it's a long freaking day, and I just feel like I've been beat with a stick.
0: That makes me feel better. Yeah,
1: it does. So it it made me feel better, but it it was it's a long day. Again, it beats working for a living, as my mm-hmm. dad used to say. But. It, it's a day. No, it's, it, a, it's a weekend.
0: As I would remind people, it is a job.
1: Yeah. <clears> it bottom is. line
0: is, it is a job. It is hard, It's a good one. I was getting, it's a great job. You do a great job. You and Tyler Watts are going to be in the booth. Tyler yeah, Watts. Yeah, it be fun. Uh, yeah. So back together.
1: Yeah. Uh, done more, probably done more football with Tyler than anybody I've ever yeah. done ball games with because we did high school for years. Yep. Uh, and. Had a great time doing it. We did those replay broadcasts for a couple of years before they went the way of the dodo bird and uh, became extinct. And so, you know, we did, but we did high school for a long time. So it'll be fun to work with them again.
0: Is this going to be, I was going to say, I would hope that after this past week and after everything that people have been saying about this team, that this t- they come out in place of inspired football on Saturday. I will
1: be surprised if they don't. What I what I also won't be shocked about is if they play a little tight early.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I hope they don't, but I won't be shocked if they do. But I don't think it'll be because of a lack of interest, uh, a lack of effort, um, or even lack of intensity. Yeah. They might. Be a little bit tight and hopefully, again, it won't, but that wouldn't shock me.
0: Mm. Okay, to, uh, kickoff is 230. 230, nice and humid down in Tampa. On
1: would expect nothing less.
0: What's the forecast look like? I have uh, not, I, have not, I have not, there looked. was a chance of rain
1: when I last checked, okay, well, but I don't know that that will happen. I think it was around 50 50, which again, when you see that. By the time you get to game time, it could either be,
0: you know, in, a, guy
1: a guy in a wooden boat with yeah. two animals of every kind lined up together. Or it could be perfectly sunny and not a cloud to be found.
0: Lovely. So, mm-hmm. well, look forward to hearing you Thank you. 2.30 on Saturday. And we'll be back with you each week on Respect the Process. And, of course, we look forward to hearing you give us a much better Roll Tide on Saturday. Um,
1: look, I hope it's a big, big, big when all is said and done,
0: roll tide. All right. Well, we'll see you next week for Chris Stewart. I'm Kelly Hunter. you will take care and remember to respect the process.